Hi, I'm Lauren Clash Schneider with Class Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Chris Cox, the illusionist's magic of the holidays, playing on Broadway at the Neil Simon Theater. Welcome, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. Our our pleasure. Um, I'm a little embarrassed to say, do I identify you as a mentalist? You can identify me as anything you want. Um, (laughs) My title in the show is The Mentalist. I sort of say I'm a mind reader, as sometimes that makes more sense. Um, But I'll also answer to like, oi, you, and idiot. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Well, if you go, who's that idiot? I'll go, oh, it's me. Hello. (laughs) Well, as part of this group, The Illusionist is returning to Broadway for a fifth year with mind-blowing holiday spectacular. You star along in the show with other colleagues. Enlighten us a little bit about your specialty and what sets you apart from your colleagues. So I am different to my colleagues in that I'm probably worse than them. Um, However, (laughs) due to some admin error, I'm in the show. Um, I am uh, the mind reader in the show. And as you say, each of us does our own special thing. So the joy of something like The Illusionist is you see every type of magic and everything is totally different. And each person who comes on is a different person, a character, a performer, a different style, different type of magic. Um, And my job, I suppose, is to make the audience laugh, make them have fun, entertain them and read their minds. And that's kind of the... The major thing for me is to make mind reading as fun, funny, uh, manic, entertaining, chaotic, uh, and above all, mind-blowing uh, than anything else you've seen before. Wow. A job that I absolutely can't imagine with talent beyond my comprehension. So thank you for <laughs> sharing some of those specificities. Now, oh, you're, you're also welcome. The, well, you're the star of BBC's Chris. Cox's mind-boggling magic and killer magic. And of course, while you're on Broadway, you're doing eight shows a week in front of a live audience. But when you're working on your own TV shows, everything about that is so different. Will you talk to us about the difference between performing for the camera versus a live eight show a week? Oh, they're totally different worlds. And I I am at my happiest when I'm in the theater, be that watching something or getting to be on stage. And there is no better way to experience magic than to see it at a live show in front of you where you know it's not camera tricks, when you know it's not plants or stooges, where you can be involved and you can witness and experience these amazing things with everyone else. I, I do TV stuff so I can do more live stuff, really, because... live is where it's at being in the theater is incredible being on broadway is amazing we are over the holidays we do 16 shows in six weeks not in six weeks Mm. 16 shows in six days um Mm. which is uh which is a ridiculous amount of shows but although i'm dreading that much work i'm also cannot wait because i think it's going to be incredible to know that that many people are going to come and see us and feel this holiday magic and then actual magic um i think TV is such a different process. And there's tricks I've done on TV that I've looked back on and gone, I don't really remember how I did that trick. Because you suddenly come up with something, you do it, and it's done. Where this is material I've been doing for years, and it gets better and better every night. And it's Mm. always different. And I'm always kind of getting to ad-lib and find new moments. Um, 
and it is it's you know there's a general attitude with theater that it's always different every night and then there no show is never the same twice and it's excellently true with our show in that the people we use make it different every single day right could you give an example of something that might have happened while you were working in a tv environment that you decided you didn't like or wanted to redo or is that even an option Sometimes yes, sometimes no. There's certainly uh, moments of things where I've looked back and gone like, oh, well, we're going to have to air that, but it's not the thing I'm most mm. proud of. Um, mm. And that's kind of, I think, with TV, it's such a different world of budget and time restraints. Um, one of the shows I did, we'd been pitching for years and it was happening and then not happening and then happening and then not happening. And then suddenly I got a phone call saying, great news, it's being commissioned. We're filming it in three weeks. Can you have it already by then? So suddenly you've got uh, less time than you have on a tech time on a show to cobble <laughs> together a whole TV show. So you find yourself like I wouldn't be able to do the things I did in TV if I didn't have the live experience and the material I've got where I can just cherry pick bits from the live show and go, great, I can make that work as a TV thing. But it also becomes a very different beast in how you sell a trick because you don't have a live audience there um, proving that you are not – uh, using stooges or plants or setting stuff up. So you have to think of new ways to present that. So sometimes that's finding a small audience to watch what you're doing to help confirm it. Sometimes it's using sort of special guests or celebrities that people trust. Um, where in a live show, you can just do it and you know it's real because you're watching it and seeing it. Right, 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 right. Oh, that's remarkable. Then it's fascinating to think that within that six days, you're actually doing 16 shows. Yeah, I know. For, for you to like muster up the energy, the talent, the skill, to have that level of flexibility and endurance, does it feed on itself or does it wear out? or um, how It's a little bit of both. Work? It's strange. In London at the West End, we were doing 12 shows a week. Um, which mm. and a couple of three-show days, which are incredibly exhausting. Um, but here, I think there's a different energy, particularly from the audiences, that I will no doubt be sat in the wings before I go on going, oh, I don't think I can do this. But the moment I get out there, Dr. Theatre and that beautiful audience take charge of me, and it's all energy. And my act is exhausting to do. There's so much energy I need in it. So I'll have to pace myself during those weeks. I'll eat healthily. I'll get a B12 shot to make sure I can <laughs> deliver those performances at there the best I can. But it kind of it just sort of takes hold of me. I go, all right, well I'm doing it, and therefore I do it. Uh huh. And talk about the relationship with the audience and how it changes from performance to performance or does it it does it really changes it's funny it's that thing like audiences won't know this they will now because i'm going to tell them um but we'll the thing we'll talk uh -huh. about most is oh that's a strange audience tonight or the other day it was a wet rainy tuesday and we're like oh they're a bit of a wet rainy tuesday audience at the beginning um so our job is then by the end to is like we can adjust slightly our performance how based on how the audience are feeling to slowly bring them in on our journey and by the end get them wild and standing in the aisles and cheering and laughing and all those things. Um, so it is so audience dependent, um, particularly when we're using participants and we're picking them at random, they affect uh -huh. the show. So we have to make sure that whoever we pick, like my main thing is often at stage door, people who I've used in the show will come up to me and the thing I always ask them more than anything else is, did you have fun? 
And every time, mm. luckily, they've said yes, because I want them to have the most fun because it's mm. a Broadway debut for them. And hopefully it's an experience they'll talk about forever. And all of that stuff is so important to us that we handle it with care and we give them the best experience they can get. Oh, that's so generous. Um, how did this begin as a career and a passion and a talent for you? Uh, so I remember it very well. I was uh, 10 years old and I was at home in England and I got a letter that was delivered by an owl. I then spent seven years at Hogwarts, Hufflepuff and Proud, and now I'm a mind reader. Um, that's what I wish of the course. answer was. It'd be so much yeah. better. Of course, that's the answer. <laughs> Silly me. That's I apologize for asking. <laughs> Um, but I was lucky in that as a child, I loved magic and I loved theatre. And I was in shows like in the UK, we have pantomimes over the holiday seasons and I would be a child and in one of those. Um, and would always do magic and then started doing mind reading and magic and mixing it with psychology and realised that I can't sing, dance or act. So a life in musical theatre is not going to work. Uh, so luckily, I took a life of magic instead and I saved up my student loans to go and put on shows at the Edinburgh Festival and just kept doing it and still to this day I just sort of keep doing it and I'm lucky enough to find an audience and find work. Oh boy. What a what a remarkable history and journey. And I'm in, I'm envisioning the owl. Which, yes, the owl is which, <laughs> which leads me to you were the magic and illusionist assistant for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child parts one and two on the West End. Talk a little bit about what that was like for you, how they found you, how you found them, how it all worked together. Oh, that was a, a dream come true gig, and I'm still lucky to work with that amazing team. Um, I saw Harry Potter when it first opened in London, and I remember sending an email um, to the directors and the uh, Magic Creative saying, it is an incredible piece of theatre. It excites me that people will see that show who wouldn't go to the theatre before and will go again. And it's one of the best magic shows I've ever seen. Um, and uh, luckily, I developed a sort of uh, email relationship with Jamie Harrison and Chris Fisher, who is Jamie's the original designer and Chris is his associate. And then uh, when it came to a cast change in London, they needed someone else to help out and very kindly thought of me. Um, so mm. I go in and I help out teaching all those new casts how important magic is to that show and giving them the history of magic uh, with Chris Fisher, the associate, the international associate for the show. Um, and then I take charge of them and teach them all those tricks um, all the way through those rehearsals and the long tech that show has. And then show, watch and note to make sure that the magic is as strong as it could and should be for a show where mm -hmm. magic doesn't feel like tricks, but it's part of their world. Oh, 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 well, that's something that the general population wouldn't know or have a mm -hmm. sense of. So thanks for, thanks for enlightening. Um, You're welcome. With regard to The Illusionists being a Broadway play, the complexities of creating something so collaborative, and you're working with director Neil Daward and creative producer Simon Painter, executive producer Tim Lawson. Will you um, talk about that creative process and how something like this comes together as one unified evening? I think like uh, any Broadway show, we're constantly amazed it does come together, but that is the magic of theater, that 
in mm-hmm. tech, we can be like, oh, no. And then suddenly we're like, oh, we've got a show. And, oh, it's a really good show and a show we're all super proud of. Um, and those guys, Simon created this show and is uh, a remarkable force of nature and just knows what works and what's right and what's wrong and gives the most astute notes. Um, and Tim is business partner. They've worked together on this for years. So you, we trust them. And Neil is such a wonderful and giving director and his um, associates and assistant, Jen Rapp, and we've got Ash McCready as well. They get magic and they, uh, they are, um, I'd say, giving enough to trust us and let us know that we know our acts. So they help us make our acts work for those big stages. And they really mm. focused on the transitions to make what could be a random assortment of magic tricks, a cohesive and enjoyable show that feels like a show and feels like a production. Um, and they are so great at bringing the best out of us and of our uh, magic assistants in the show and putting it to a, putting it into a piece of theatre rather than just a couple of tricks. And they, uh-huh. um, they, they really understand both the magic and the important things which make those tricks work and how an audience read and perceive those tricks. And they and just simple things like the order of the show, getting that right creates what the show is. And they, they've done this long enough now that they have this wonderful gut instinct to know this should follow, this should follow this. So we get the peaks and the mm-hmm. drop and the energy where we need it and those things. And it's, um, and it's a real joy as a magician, which in essence is a solitary art a lot of the time to be able to defer to someone who knows better and can make you a better performer. It really, um, it's a real, real joy to get to work with such a team. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And um, la- last question, looking into your crystal ball, I don't know in your profession mm-hmm. if you have a crystal ball, what, is a f- what does a future look like for you? Like a, a dream come true, something that you haven't done yet that you'd like to do? It's a tough question because if you'd have asked me a year ago, it would have been to play London's West End, to play Sydney Opera House and to play Broadway. And in the last 12 months, I've done all three. Um, So I uh, go from here onto tour with The Illusionist and we go around the USA. Um, I love that the show lets me see the world, so I hope to do more of that. Um, I think in the future, I would like to go back to doing some solo shows. which is how I started, but are a lot more work than just doing bits in a big show. So that will take a lot of time to redevelop that material. Um, And I sort of feel like I love performing to audiences in America and I'm based in the UK and have done a lot of my work there, but I feel like hopefully my crystal ball shows that in the next few years, I'll become more of a staple in America and find ways to do TV here and present live shows here because as audiences, there's nowhere else like it in the world. Mm, well, we can say I'm Chris Cox, citizen of the globe. <laughs> <laughs> this has been great, Chris. Thank you so much for your time and insight. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for speaking to me. I'm Lauren Clash Schneider with Chris Cox from The Illusionist's Magic of the Holidays, playing on Broadway at the Neil Simon Theater through January 5th. Thank you. <laughs>